and welcome to an episode of Absolute Comics, the weekly show where I sit down with Sal. We talk about the news going on in the world of comics, whatever we happen to be reading right now, and just in general, BS about the world of comics for about 30 to 45 minutes, which normally ends up being like an hour and 15. Yeah. <laughs> How That's are fair. you doing today, Sal, from Comic Pop? Check out the channel. I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing good. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, cool. We, we did the catch-up now. We did. <laughs> no. Uh, we don't have any really big news this week. Uh, actually, you know what? Before we go into I want to talk about the finality to Deceased, but I want to talk about this because Dan put it on here. I'm going to jump to the fourth topic. Excellent. In a recent interview, the Russo brothers, directors of Avengers Endgame, mentioned that the Batman is one of their favorite superheroes growing up and said they, if they were approached by James Gunn and asked to direct Batman Brave and the Bold, that it would be obvious. That is not the actual thing that came out. No. For, I'm going to double check to make sure which version I heard. Okay. Uh, so I'm reading the actual article real quick. But what do you feel? While I look at this, how do you feel about the Russo brothers doing Batman Brave in the Bold? Fine by me. They're good directors. Uh, they they balance a good cast. That, I mean, the fact is they just heard about it. Like, it's not like they are in the planning phases. Because for me, I'm like, Brave in the Bold is a title that says that your Batman franchise is going to be pairing Batman with a character in each movie. So like Batman Brave and the Bold one will be Batman and Robin. Batman Brave and the Bold two would be Batman and like Green Arrow. Batman Brave and the Bold three would be Batman and like Plastic Man. Like it yeah. would be some kind of combination of characters that don't ne don't necessarily have the cachet to get their own franchise, but bolstered by Batman might be able to get a springboard. And Plastic that, Man would be good. Plastic, Plastic Man would be great. It'd be a good foil for Batman. But um they, uh, the Russo brothers are good at balancing casts. Obviously, they came from a community background, uh, and so they, they know how to pull in the drama, make things exciting, but also make funny happen. And so, yeah. you know, Brave and the Bold suggests a lighter-toned Batman movie anyway, and I think Matt Reeves has the Batman dark real covered. So let's have some fun. Like, let's make a Batman universe-esque movie where it's, it's a Batman who might smile or crack a joke. Right. I'd be okay with that. And I think the Russo brothers are more than equipped to handle it, although I have not seen any of their non-Marvel work outside of their pre-Marvel work, which I've also seen. I uh, I found it funny recently that there was a The Batman realistic how you're just the real one. And people right? were saying, like, would Batman do better or Spider-Man? And they were like, well, Spider-Man fought against a real villain with superpowers in the multiverse, and Batman fought against a Redditor. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the reality is you had apples to apples. Like, they put out a Batman movie, and they put out a Spider-Man movie, and the Batman movie made $700 million, and the Spider-Man movie made a billion dollars. So, yeah. just apples to apples, Spider-Man pulls in more money. But, Batman's nothing to sneeze at. No, he no. is respectable. And it, look, if Batman was... Team, I, I would argue that if, if only you teamed up Batman... Million? I thought it'd be closer to nine, but... It might have been closer to nine at the end of the day. I just remember when people were already throwing out figures about how bad it did. I'm like, $700 million is a nice number for a movie that cost... $770 million on a budget of 200 That's not bad. That's more than a double. That's a good I was like, number. I was like, so even using the math that all the idiots who don't want to do math I want to throw around... Yeah. I, I state that because basically I looked into this when the whole argument of Black Adam, which I never said did super well. I just said that it didn't. People always like to throw the number around of the marketing budget is double the budget of the movie. Right. And I was like, where do we? Because I've used that math, too. And I've said, where did we get that from? It was a passing comment made by someone in the 90s. Yeah. In like so a that's not the actual article. math. It's just we've all decided to use that as a way to quantify success. Yes. Either way, and by the way, it's a decent rule of thumb, but yeah. that doesn't make it law. 
Right. So. Well, and, that, and that's what irritates me when people want to turn it from a fun, like, okay, good way to do math. Okay, so that means that this probably didn't succeed to, yeah. no, by law, this is how you do it. That's not accurate <laughs> at all. But no. using that dumb math, 400 million is what Batman would need to start breaking even. At 770, it almost doubled. So, yeah, yeah it didn't so, do poorly. No, no, no. I, I, like, I think that, and I don't know if, we, if this is part of the topic list, but just normalizing the we're not going to hit a billion anymore is a-okay in my book. Like, we need to start, like, tempering expectations both at the studio level and the fandom level and yeah. start going, like, yo, movie costs, th- these movies... There's a glass ceiling for the for the budget of these movies. Like superhero movies, basically cost between two and three hundred million dollars. If you want the highest end, the highest end movie is three hundred million dollars. Looks like Ant Man: Quantum Mania. Yeah, I think the highest end started to look like fun. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's when you throw away all your filmmaking techniques and just go. Uh, we'll do it in post. Just throw a green screen behind <laughs> the actor six weeks from now. Before, like, we, we, no, you don't understand. The movie comes out in six weeks. Yeah, that's fine. Just six weeks from now, throw a green screen behind him. We'll throw it to some overworked, underpaid person who will spend the entirety of their child's existence uh, on that one shot. And then we will put it in the movie and then cut it out of the movie right before the movie comes out. I, I think they set around and said, you know, Sky, Spy Kids 3D did fine. We can just make it's, a Spy, <laughs> Spy Kids 3D. I mean, like that, listen, there is, a, there is a, a, a point where those guys just look at what the movie is and go, I've seen so many of these. I've seen so many dailies. I've seen so many like botches. I've seen so many successes. I don't know what looks good and what doesn't look good anymore. Just put the effing thing out. And if they complain, they complain. We won't, we, you know what? Let's just never use MODOK ever again. How about that? Yeah. But I, here's the st- actual yes, statement. Yes, but the, the statement, yeah. This is making rounds as if the Russo brothers are in contention for actually being on Batman. And I, and right. I don't blame Dan. It's literally hitting all over the place. The Russo brothers want to do Batman. The Russo brothers want to do Batman. Yeah. No, that's not what was said. So they were there talking about a movie they wrote called Citadel that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And it was in passing, if you could do a DC film, what would you be? And their response was, we don't get asked about a lot of DC characters. Obviously, James over there is running it. It would be a no-brainer. We love him to death. We love the direction he's going to take the world in. You know he's going to be inventive with it. And favorite DC characters? I mean, man, there's so many good ones. I always answer based on the comics I collected as a kid. The two comics I collected were Spider-Man... And the uh, I the two comics I collected most were Spider-Man. Actually, the three were Spider-Man, <laughs> X-Men, and Batman. But there have been a lot of iterations of Batman, so I feel like it's the obvious answer. But you know, it's hard to not answer that. Here's how you know we haven't even. Here's how you know we haven't actually gotten literal about it and specific about it because yeah, Batman would be my favorite character for my entire my entire childhood. Yeah, but obviously that's been well explored. That's the quote. Yeah. I mean, and you could use that quote to say, you, you could write three articles out of that quote. Yep. Russo Brothers set for X-Men, Russo Brothers <laughs> set for Spider-Man, yeah. and Russo Brothers set for Batman. Let me ask you this. Out of the three, X-Men movie, relaunch of the Spider-Man trilogy with Spider-Man 4, or Batman Brave and the Bold, which one would you want the Russo Brothers to do? Batman. Really? Just I, Batman? I, I would be Batman or X-Men. I don't think I'd want them on Spider-Man. Their tone, the it's way they big. handle things, it's yeah. too big and too dark. I want. I wouldn't want to see that on Spider-Man, but I'd love to see it on Batman and X-Men. Mm. I think. Uh, I think I'm. On, I think I'm with you on that one. I would be. Uh, I think honestly, I'd be. Ta- I'd be fine with any of them on any of it, because 
Spider-Man is is ripe for a, a, a darker kind of like city oriented movie. They'll never movie. do it though. They'll they would never, never do, it. do it. That's the problem. They want what the, what sold in the nineties. Yeah, but uh, X Men they handle casts well. It would be big. They know how to deal with a budget, make it look pretty cool, pr- yeah. pretty good. Uh, that would be great. But Batman would be the one where it's like, oh man, it would it could be anything. You you don't but, know what it's gonna look like. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, and this is how you could tell it's a slow news day and the fact that we couldn't find anything and this is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They said it in passing and it wasn't even a direct, I want to direct Batman. It was just, who's your favorite DC character? Yeah. James Gunn's over there. We know why you're asking. That's pretty much what the answer is, you know? Right? <laughs> no, I mean, like the reality is like, we would do Batman. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm in Batman. Yeah. Russo Brothers, did you? It's, it's like what we used to say back in the day when they would be like, this actor that you haven't heard of in five years is open to coming into the MCU. Well, right. of course they are. They like to work. Yeah, like- <laughs> no kidding. Exactly. You know, the only one who would be stupid enough to say they wouldn't do it is Nicolas Cage, and he already was in two Ghost Rider movies. So, yeah. you know, and even then he would do it. Oh, he probably would, but he's also like what 60, 70 now. Oh, I don't so. want him to be in any of them. I mean, like, and, and but uh, not like not like I don't like Nicolas Cage, but you know, like uh, after seeing after Bill Murray appeared in Ant Man three, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm done with these <laughs> like, oh boy, a fun character actor shows up in a Marvel movie. They will play themselves in some blue equivalent of a suit. I'm looking at you, Glenn Close, and. They don't say or do anything of consequence, have no influence over the plot, and they disappear after one movie. Yeah. Oh, boy. What fun. I mean, let's go back to the last Thor movie. Who, who was it that played Zeus so that everyone was freaking out? Russell Crowe. Oh, Russell Crowe, yeah. And it was like, cool, he was Zeus, and that's the end of that. Yeah, but, he really hammed it up. Like, he, yeah. he, he really effed up that role. And uh, not <laughs> like it was... The reality is everyone effed up that whole movie. Like, it wasn't like, oh, no, Zeus made made Thor 4 unwatchable. Yeah. No. Uh, the Thor 4 made Thor 4 unwatchable. You know what I realized now at the end of Thor 4? 4, 4, I remember two things from yeah. an entire movie and experience. Jane and you snapped too hard. Oh. And that was it. <laughs> That's all I remember yeah. from that whole movie. Every time I think of Thor Love and Thunder, I think of, like, that devastating interview between Tessa Thompson and Taika Waititi when they're like making fun of the FX department. Like I, I honestly, like I, I, every time I think of that movie, the first thing I go to is like an, a, 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 a huge actor associated with the movie and the film's writer and director just crapping all over their own movie. Yeah. And I'm like that. Yeah. I mean like I was going to do that anyway, but I don't, I didn't expect you guys to join in on the fun. I mean, you've, you've a stake in this and I'm very right. happy to see what was it. Hemsworth said something like, we're not doing that anymore. If we did another yeah. Thor, it would be like, it would be completely different. I'm like, well, the problem with that one is good. As, as more stuff got out, it just turns out that no one was keeping, uh, T, uh, Taika with yeah. T under wraps. It was apparently they were writing it as they went like, they, Oh, this would be a great scene. And they just did it like that. You know? Yeah. That sucks. I can't even, can you imagine being Natalie Portman? You know, you take yourself incredibly seriously. You were in one Thor movie no, oh, no, I'm sorry. Two Thor movies, and you kind of regret being in them, and you didn't come back for any other Marvel appearance whatsoever. They finally lull you back in, and then you're on the set, and they're, you're like, okay, uh, by the way, I didn't see the call sheet for the, for today. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll figure it out. But, like, w- w- what do you think would be funny in this scene? <laughs> yeah. She's like, what do I think would be funny? I think it would be funny if, uh, you know, an actor who was making, like, I don't know, $30 million to be in this movie, and a director who's making $60 million to be in this movie, uh, uh, made up the movie as they went along. That'd be pretty funny. Now, if you look, I'm going to go make Annihilation 2. Like, yeah. g- g- 
call me when you when you're awake. So stupid. Before we go to the next one on our topic here, I did want to bring up a comic that ended today. And I'm yes. Gonna, I'm going to spoil the ending for you and anybody who's watching, so be aware of this if you're watching live, because this episode won't go out to the weekend, so yeah. it's safer. But it's the finale to Deceased. It finally came to its conclusion. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see your thoughts on issues one through seven, and then just tell you how it resolved. And it, yeah. it, it part of, I was not a fan of War of the Undead Gods. I'll just say it right now. Overall... Oh. It felt very much like we were just pushing it along to get to this conclusion. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like the same as it did the first three of them, where it was a lot of character development and a lot of reactions. This was more like, and then Darkseid became an anti-life equation. And then a Yellow Lantern. And Kara Zor-El is here. And then there's the dar- the Black Racer. And then they're all here. And it was weird. <laughs> what did yeah. you feel about this one? Uh, I, I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed all the other ones. I, I, I like deceased. I like it because I enjoy the fact that it's like, it does, it, 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 it dips its toe, maybe even wades head deep in the waters of misery and cynicism and darkness, but also right. doesn't, isn't afraid to come up for air. You know, like I, it, it's, it's DC zombies, right? I mean, and everybody looks at this, not unlike black land, uh, yeah, blackest night, but blackest night was in continuity, but you look at like Marvel zombies, I think that was like a um, that was like a an edge lord wank fest. Like I really don't like Marvel <laughs> zombies. I think Marvel zombies is like, oh, let's see what else we can make fun of about the I Marvel think, universe. I think Marvel zombies was great on the first chapter, but even then, it's like it is it is meant to be funny while also being incredibly dark. Right. Like it is it is it is the blackest humor you can get. Whereas with this, like. The, the the situation is dire, but the heroes never lose sight of themselves. It's not like they go and Superman. There actually, there's a sequence in I think Deceased where like he just looks down and just burns like people, just just so much people. But it's not like Superman cracks the earth in half and like eats everyone, or you know, it's not like it's. Yeah. There is hope to be had, and people are striving, and the characters themselves are 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 true to themselves. Um. So it's not I, – I, I don't have to be afraid to hope when I read Deceased, which I really yeah. appreciate. Marvel Zombies, I feel like it was just one of those like, oh, it's doing well. Keep it going, even though we no longer have Robert Kirkman. Right. Because he definitely just did a six-issue fun thing, and that was the end of that. Exactly. Um, he was out. But like, I, And Deceased, I, I liked the first batches better. This one just felt like it was rushing through everything. Okay. okay. Like it was like a big bang finale. Like, oh, I've t- I got to get Superman back. I got to get Darkseid back. I got to get everyone f- changed over. We're going to find out what Deceased is about, which was the Erebos. It was that, that they're going up against that. Yep. So the way it resolves is it jumps forward uh, probably about a week or something like that, or maybe at least a couple days. It felt a little jarring. I thought maybe I missed an issue. Hmm. Um, but it jumps forward to Damien and Vic are trying to figure everything out. And the plan is basically that they're going to distract Erebos while they get inside and they release the life equation. Okay. And the life equation is embedded in Cyborg. And we discover that Cyborg has been hacked by Batman forever ago. And Damien took the life equation and brought it into himself. Okay. So that he can be the sacrificial person while they make a big stand about Ares and the God of death. They're going to fight Erebos and all these other things. All right. Uh, Damien goes in there. Everyone is fleeing. He's now the Light Knight. Okay. Which is like the worst name ever, but it was okay. It was just like a white Batman suit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And then he's basically going to explode with life energy inside of the God of death and end all of this. Okay. And it was a, it was a sweet ending. It was, but it gets a little bit better because Alfred as the specter is allowed to be unaffected by this explosion. Right. So he takes John and John and Alfred are there in Damien's last moments. And they all sit down as Damien is dying and they all just have some final moments at the end of the whole thing. That's nice. And that closes out. Like it was a sweet and a definitely worth reading ending wasn't like oh my god it was just we've reset everything and mm-hmm. we're good we're back right. to normal so yeah well as normal as it can be because they got two earths they have yeah. uh, a bunch of dead characters they have a bunch of like new legacy characters or characters who have ascended to new like heights it's like yeah th- there are stakes and they follow through on them and then undo them sometimes when it's convenient like we got to save ollie obviously but like I'm okay with it. I I, I I like that ending as in as much as I haven't actually read the whole issue yet. But um, I mean that I basically just surmised the whole thing. I definitely for it, me. It's definitely I didn't want to go too deep into it. Yeah, just yeah. to give you how it ends. But there's still something for you to read and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I like the ending. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was really well put together. It was mm-hmm. new standard Tom Taylor terror jerking moment. Totally. I just feel like a lot of this seven issue run has just been like. Getting it, to this. The whole thing was just getting to this. Certainly. Um, More obviously than you're supposed to do in a story, in my opinion. War of the Undead Gods did not feel like uh, any of the other chapters. Even the no. even the side chapters, like the At Earth at World's End or uh, the Unkillables. At, you know, yeah, like those are the two side chapters, yeah. They were great, and uh, and they really like played with the universe and, and really delved into it. And um even like i I remember chapter two of deceased i i didn't really care for it but i didn't dislike it i just it was it was it was just something i was like oh okay well that's interesting but the character moments are what i live for i think the problem with the middle road deceased two it was almost like an empire strikes back like okay well if you're you're gonna continue it like when one ended and they were just screwed it's like okay that's the story yes but then when two came out it was like is it this where you got, are you going to do a three? Are we going to close this? Or are we just yeah. going to keep dragging uh, this out now? No, that's very true. This, 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 uh, war of the undead gods thing. I was like, it, it came for me out of nowhere. And I didn't know it was going to be a, the last chapter and b the next chapter. Like I didn't even know when the next chapter was coming. If there, if indeed there was going to be another one. Right. So, yeah, it, I mean, it was interesting. Uh, I don't think we needed part three. Mm-hmm. It felt like a lot because my biggest issue with part three is it just kind of explored elements that you that we thought were cool in passing at a t- like what if dark side got infected? I mean, what didn't happened? he really? Didn't he already? He appeared in all of these. Like we already yeah. kind of you clearly know that he was like well I want to get dark side off the table so he got rid of him like very quickly in the first chapter I think like the first volume so yeah. I can imagine him being like. Yeah, I, I kind of have more to say about Darkseid, so I'll bring him back. And it's like, oh, okay, well. It just felt like a lot of like, oh, like, what about Supergirl? And what about Candor? And what about Brainiac? It was just like one of those, it was a we- like even Mixlopidolic. What would happen to Mixlopidolic? <laughs> that's true, yeah. The that's... stakes just kept getting higher and higher and higher for what seemingly reading three was like, okay, where are we going? You're you're getting to the point where you can't literally cannot get any bigger. Yes. You can't put any higher stakes on this. And I, I do like that it was ended, and I just didn't, like, hey, well, next time we'll see what happens. Yeah. I've killed everyone, so. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, uh, it, it was certainly not, it, it wasn't as big as its predecessors, or at least it didn't hit. And I don't know, it's funny, it, it could be emblematic of the issues we've been having with the comic book industry, which is like, 
did enough people know about this? Did enough people talk about this? Did DC do enough to hype it up? Like, oh, they if, definitely didn't. Because no. like, even I, like the fact of the matter is, it skipped a month and I forgot it was happening. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, I would always fall. I always fall off this book. Like every time that if I didn't do a show where I recommend books that are coming out in the week they're coming out, I wouldn't know the damn thing was coming today. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just. Yeah, no, DC and Marvel are both, like, just doing a really bad job. But also, the problem is the audience is getting very complacent and comfortable with not being told and not being informed and, and getting cynical about it and being, like, you know, just kind of resigned to not being informed and then just kind of, like, letting it fall by the wayside. Although, the, 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 I would imagine the majority of readers of Deceased aren't online, aren't on Twitter, aren't on Reddit, aren't in this chat. They just read the book it might even be on their pull list where they're just like, oh, okay, the new app, the new issue. Huh. Okay, and then that's it. That's like their yeah. whole existence for them, but their dollars are the same currency as our dollars. So, you know, it's just that people are people are not as fired up as it appears on social media. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just a lack of marketing. Like, yeah. I, it, it's the same issue with White Knight 3. White Knight 3 was awesome. And it, White it, Knight an 3. amazing place, but, like, no one talked about it. Nobody talked about it. Nobody pimped that book. Nobody sold that book. Like, you saw occasionally see Jean Gordon Murphy himself, like, come out of the woodwork and talk about it. But even then, like, it was just him in his office being like, hey, I'm really excited about this book. And it's like, that's not enough to sell the book. Like, you need, you need teasers. You need promos. You need trailers. You need creative talent coming out and being like, hey! No. Give me seven dollars. <laughs> like you, you need. They didn't to even be... do those like weird trailers that they do once in a while, Marvel and DC, where they uh -huh. put up like the animated panels. They didn't even bother yeah. with that. No, 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 no. And I, I imagine that uh, with DC, they're like, well, that's an imaginary story. That doesn't really. That's not worth the effort. No. When we do something like, uh, I don't know, the, the Dawn of DC, we'll do a trailer, and it'll look like. Did they do a trailer for that? I think they did. I remember. I want to say there was a trailer for Dawn of DC, but. Maybe it was that, for but, something else. Yeah. I'll, I'll look that up, but let's move on to the next topic here. Yeah. This is interesting. So Chip Mosher, if you've, been the, if you've been on the Comixology scene for a while, you know that name. That's the guy that sends every blast of email out. He's like the CEO. Then he became the creative officer. The guy that got Comixology where it was, basically. Mm -hmm. And David Steinberger, a name I don't recognize, but apparently was a part of Comixology. <laughs> yes. Are <laughs> launching right. distillery. A new comic publisher doing things digitally. Yep. What? <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. On the name and what is this? Like. Right. Uh, there are a couple of uh, Bleeding Cool articles that kind of like break it down for me in a way where I'm like, wait, what? Because there are, uh, their, their, their debut was an article in the New York Times. Okay. So clearly they used some of their like Amazon cachet or some friend or contact to get that announcement in the New York Times instead of it being in, like, the usual comic book trades. So CBR. <laughs> yeah. Right. CBR at all. <laughs> you know, like, and the rest. Uh, but they are they're clearly sending a message by having it break in the New York Times by being like, hey, we're... We're a little more hoity-toity. We're a little more uh, high class, a little upper echelon, you know, because we don't want to get lumped in with things like bad idea who don't mind getting their nails dirty and going like, we're selling you rare comic books. We don't care who we piss off when we do it. <laughs> Does anybody 
is anybody paying attention? Does anybody see what we're doing, please? Look, I, I like the bad idea, guys, and it might be because I love those guys coming out with them uh, real soon. So I'd like to not badmouth them, but I, I have said to their faces a few times some of their marketing tactics. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, listen, when I, I get emails about their donuts, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but at least they're marketing. You know, it yes. might be it might be silly, it might be antiquated, it might even be uh, uh, inappropriate. But it's at least trying to be noisy in a space where noise is the currency. Makes sense to me, but Distillery is like, no, we're not that, we're this. And yeah. they pulled a cadre of talent, the likes of which you would immediately imagine if you had any knowledge of the Substack situation. You'd be like, oh, uh, anybody from Substack who was happy to get a big check for backing a thing that comic book readers would never back uh, are, were, are involved in distillery. And here they are, you know, and it's I'm like, looking it's, at the name. The only one on this article though is Neil Adams. Well, Neil Adams ain't alive anymore, but uh, you know, James Town the fourth, Scott Snyder, Jamie McAlvey, Jock, Joel Jones, oh, Tulalote, okay, Becky Cloonan, Lee Garbutt. Neil Adams started for uh, lobbying creative rights and stuff. He like did, that. and that's cool. Yeah. Like, no, Neil Adams was definitely a proponent of creators' rights, and that's what the, the distillery is trying to promote. They're like, they everyone who is involved with distillery, and if you are lucky enough to get a, to hang out with us, uh, you will create a book and you will have equity in the company. And you will get, like, revenue shares from sales of the book. Okay. I mean, that's how it should be. Right. Absolutely. Well, except... Okay, so... I, as a guy in an industry where we get a revenue share for YouTube hosting our videos... Yes. I feel like that's how it should be. 100%. Yeah. And uh, it's funny how the big two, more specifically Marvel, when there is an opportunity for a revenue share... Uh, Marvel will err on the side of just going like, well, didn't just don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> there is the, okay, really quick, like Malibu. When Marvel acquired Malibu after like a year of publication, right. uh, the deal at Malibu was like was revenue shares, was and was equity in the company and in the sales of your books. So if your character appears or sells in a thing, you get money. And those creators are all still alive. One of them is a massive pervert and creep. Let's not get into him, but. That's one reason why one character does not appear at all at Marvel. But the reason why none of them appear at Marvel is because I'll bet that contract is still in play. And they're like, nope. <laughs> like, I would, why would I ever publish a book that only makes a certain amount of money, that will, will probably only make a certain, like, echelon of money, and then split that money with somebody right. when I literally could publish any other character who will get a movie and that movie will break $500 million. Well, hasn't that been our theory on static shock? Like oh static yeah. Static shock like has not, cause technically that every time they use them, they got to pay royalties over yeah. to the, the, Oh, what's the name of the company? The McDuffie's. Miles, well, uh, McDuffie's milestone. Exactly, yeah. But yeah. like the reality is they fixed that. They, they figured that out. They fixed it. Like, and when I say fixed it, I mean, they did a lot of like legalese and payoffs and they figured, they figured it out, but everybody got their money. And now milestone is fully functional with DC in tandem. I, I feel like there's nothing stopping them from doing anything with milestone now, but it's now, why it except they don't long. want to. It seems like, <laughs> right, well, I, I think that, you I know who I that, noticed not on Donna DC, a static shock book. <laughs> it's no, well there, but there is a static shock book. It's just, yeah, it's, is it, it's part is of the milestone. Going? Yeah, it's still going. No, no, no. But it's like they're doing seasons of those books. It's just, they're, That's true, yeah. 
but uh, they're doing a different thing. Like they're, it's like they're testing all these different ideas, and so they're like, well, we're doing the seasons at Milestone with DC. That's over here. We need to see if that's testing, like Hardwire versus uh, or yeah, Hardwire versus Icon, and uh, a couple other books. Uh, but yeah, um, Milestone was like that. I think now it's it's pretty much on lock. Uh, but I am I, I am annoyed that there isn't a full integration. Although I do appreciate why Milestone should be over there. Um, but yeah, okay. I, I just pulled a Milestone. Apparently, they're prepping for their next big push. Mm. They got a lot of of creators on board here. Oh People yeah, color, were there like minorities. there were movies involved? <laughs> like they were yeah, gonna make animated yeah. things about them. Um, but yeah, with Distillery, uh, here's a little breakdown. Like really quick, I'll just read it. Um, <clears throat> uh, Steinberger says that. Creators of comic books are, quote, famous for being mistreated by publishers. The founders of Distillery will retain ownership of their characters and concepts and have equity stake in the company. Distillery will produce oversized print comics and collectibles and vinyl figures and posters and will only offer comics digitally for limited times only, at which point digital comics can then be resold from the owner to another person as collectibles in themselves with a portion of resales going back to the creators. Which... People are kind of saying is uh, sounds like an NFT situation. However, there's another article from Leading Cool that says no, they're not NFTs. Uh, Rom V himself said no, it's not NFTs. We're not doing NFTs. Talking to Forbes, Chip Mosier said uh, a higher price means higher margins for the stores, but also the digital issues limited in distribution for only a week. Issues will be fully owned and resellable through a dis- through Distillery's quote trusted digital platform which co-founders say does not involve a blockchain component. So it's just that they're making their own comiXology. I mean, it's after Amazon has shredded comiXology, yeah. I'm on board of seeing something new come Well, out. they're calling it the stub hub of digital comics. Okay. Which, not good great, luck. But I could take that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think... Their logo looks dumb. Uh, it, man, it's weird. It's, it's very weird. D- uh, okay, so on one hand, I feel good about this because it's something, right? There's right. excitement in the comic book industry. There is money being spent within it, and there is a belief from business people who worked with titans of the industry. And when I say industry, I mean like titans of industry, capital I, like Amazon. Right. Who think that comics are a viable marketplace. Now, is this just a more closed-off apportioned island of creativity from known properties that will probably just make movies out of these things? Yeah, probably. But let's hope that maybe their moves and their shakes will allow for the industry to like self-regulate and reflect and, and make some moves themselves. Creators' rights and equity in company uh, is, is, is a thing that we all should strive for. Um, you know, when you work for a major corporation, you are offered stock and you are offered equity in your own company. So it should be with at least the big two. Well, I, I mean, like I said, I've been arguing that for a while now. Yeah. That, that, like, people always wonder, why did why do these writers not stay on Batman? Right. You know, like, because it doesn't pay well enough. So if you get a better creative opportunity, just take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, especially because, you know, the real creative juices, so to speak, come from independent creation and there's greater financial reward for producing your own IP and then having yeah. it farmed out to like some new streaming service. 
Just yeah. makes sense. Just makes sense. I mean, look at some of the biggest names like Mark Miller. Even though those those shows like didn't do well. Yeah. They still sold it all the Millerverse. Right. Like, oh no, nobody watched Jupiter's Legacy. Well, that's okay because Mark Miller was paid for Jupiter's yeah. Legacy, so he just doesn't care. <laughs> you know. I mean, on one hand, I'm sure he's like, I wish I made, I wish it did well so I could make more shows to give yeah. me more money. Is but it dead? He's... Are they making more? Oh, yeah, no, well, he's definitely producing more shows. I mean, Netflix made a deal with the Millerverse. They should be making all kinds of shows and movies, like Reborn and Magic Order and stuff like that. I don't know. I also know that there's that new book that he put out that, like, doesn't do well, that uh, has people like Dan Mora on art and stuff, and it's like, wh- and it's just because he can afford to pay them better than DC and Marvel can. Yeah. Uh, next up on our list is the end of a- Jason Aaron's Avenger run is finally Ooh. coming. I I know you have not been a fan of Jason Aaron's Avengers run. I think it's had some good moments, but I will say after fi- issue 50, when they started this multiversal insanity, uh-huh. I don't know anybody that has stayed with it. And I read through most of that and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly, I'm not even going to pretend like I know because I dropped off. I dropped well, off I can tell you hard. what it is. All it was is a bunch of really cool character ideas and fights. I kept reading it, and all the big thing was, okay, Robbie Reyes is trapped in another world. He's teamed up with Deathlock. They're finding their way back. Oh, no, we have weird people from other universes like uh, Ghost Rider, Green Goblin, and stuff like that that are coming in. And it was just a lot of fights, which also resulted very kind of weekly where it's like, and we win. All right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also know that Mephisto is intimately involved, which is a big yawner for me. Mephisto was causing it all. And I forget what his motivations were, but he was the one that was like smashing the worlds together to create this universe. Right, right. But like, why? Like, why would he I, I, care? It got so, con- I've never read a more convoluted story mm-hmm. in comic books at this point. And I've read a lot. Yeah. I, I'm currently reading Venom. <laughs> like, I'm the comic historian. I would yeah. know. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I think I read Heroes Reborn, and I was like, what have you done? Yeah, it's it's interesting that this is coming to its close, and it took this long to get to the close, because yeah. I don't think it's been a good seller either, because no one's talking about it. I, I wonder. I wonder what the numbers are. It's, uh, it's funny, now that, like, Lunar and uh, other companies are distributing both Marvel and DC and not diamond or at least diamond nothing is, gets reported anymore we don't nothing. get it to like months down the road yeah. now and even then we got to get it from like third party groups that are like here's here's some estimates from 125 stores oh well yeah. that ought to really give me an idea about what's going on um <laughs> which which is reflective of the entire entertainment industry like that's yeah. why that's why so many of them love streaming because they're like this is great no one will ever know how anything does <laughs> even the actors don't have to don't don't know yeah. how well things are performing i mean that's um, the black widow uh lawsuit but whatever <laughs> yeah damn right good so for yeah her. this is gonna end and i think the jed mckay the chat is saying i think jed mckay is handling the avengers run now he i'm is. excited to see because i just did a video of the problem with the mcu and i ta- managed to not talk about visual effects and over bloated amount of stuff oh, i wow. talked about what you and i have talked about where the, i think the problem is more there's no through line there's no story yes. there's no hero to follow stuff like that um, but I did mention in that the that w- Marvel itself feels so disjointed right now. Dark Web is over here. X-Men are over here. The Avengers did this over here. And then they're like, oh, do Axe. It'll bring everyone together. Yeah, but there was zero buildup to Axe. Yes. And then when Axe resolved, it affected the Eternals, and everyone else forgot it was a thing. Yes. Like- <laughs> yep. 
Oh, yeah. That's how Marvel is right now. Whatever happened to the days of, like, King and Black is the last one that did it. And even that was kind of weird. It was just everyone yes. fight a symbiote. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I miss the days of Secret Invasion, Civil War II, Secret Wars, where it really did go across all the books that affect them. Remember Secret Wars ended, like, half of the Marvel plots? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. People were pissed. I remember, uh, you know, like, Ms. Marvel was, like... Le- they were just wrap it up, Deadpool, wrap it up. Uh, you know, the, then- I think the most egregious was the Hulk, where it didn't even wrap up. No, it just stopped. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, it was can- like I'm Professor Hulk, and I'm gonna get rid of all the. Oh no, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, and-, and I can imagine that was like intentional by the creator team. I don't remember who was doing Professor Hulk at that point, but uh, them going like, "You mean you're just gonna end it?" Like, "Oh, well, then I don't care anymore." And it's yeah. like, "Fine, that that's fine," because Secret Wars and all the tie-ins are effing great. Yep. And we're going to have a, a hoot and hollering great time until it's over. And then the all new, all different Marvel will come in and uh, literally crush everyone's enthusiasm for Marvel for like the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. All new, a different Marvel. Did. But I also think I mentioned, we haven't had any true crossover. Cause I don't King of black kind of was, but mm-hmm. there was no, there was a buildup to it in venom as Spider-Man. There was right. zero buildup anywhere else. It just kind of happened. No, that was a venom part. event with the Marvel Universe invited. Yeah. Uh, Even the X-Men stuff. Like, X-Men's had, what, like six events since the Krakoa era, and, you know, occasionally a person shows up or two from the other side of the Marvel bullpen, but, like, that's it. So they really, yeah, Marvel needs a good, old-fashioned, exciting, multi-part, huge, you know, interstellar crossover. But again, who will be around to read it? You know, because it's not like marketing is going to push the damn thing, and, and, and it would require a coordination from all these people who are not accustomed to coordinating anymore. You know, like, they're so fragmented. There was a time Marvel, you know, you hear about how, like, Marvel, DC, Image have, like, editors-in-chief. Well, uh, one editor-in-chief. At Marvel, uh, each group of books had an editor-in-chief, which made yeah. no effing sense. And they they were like, I remember there was a quote that came out there was like, it, it would be easier to get Spider-Man to team up with Superman than the X-Men right now because of how many egos and authorities there were. And it's almost like that now, except without any titles and or pay increases. It's just like, you're over there, you do what you want, and as long as it sells, you can tell your story, but if you're, but, but even then, maybe we'll meddle with it. You over there, do that thing. Don't talk to each other, because also COVID, summits are going to be via zoom like literally all your summits that oh. you're having individually like it's just like it's a nightmare for coordination yeah i i'm talking about the zoom meetings i saw this thing going around you know how they love to spin the narratives and be like oh my god this this is so bad uh so the latest that i've seen going around is that dc is officially bankrupt and that <laughs> they're officially shutting their doors keep in mind dc is still doing very well they're still a huge percentage of the comic industry wb's moving around but they're using the example of w, uh, DC is closing down those offices that they bought in Burbank. Ah. What they aren't telling you, and Sal and I know, is that since COVID, no one's been in those offices. Mm-hmm. This is actually not a DC thing, guys. This is yeah. a business thing. It's not even right. like a comic industry. A lot of companies have closed down their offices because they've realized we can work remotely. Yeah. The fact is, Sal does a weekly show with Joshua Williamson. Have you ever had him sh- be at a DC office, or is it at his office? It's in, it's in his house. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need to go to DC anymore. That's what I mean. When we talk to Scott Snyder, he's in his writer's like uh, retreat <laughs> yeah, that he's made. Like, yeah. No one goes to DC anymore. So why would WB 
continue to pay for these expensive offices in Burbank. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it just, just doesn't, doesn't make any make sense. sense. Exactly. Just financially speaking. And it's not, and that doesn't mean that they're out of money. It just means they're not stupid with their money. Yeah. Why keep offices? Yeah. Like, that's just, that's just the modern day. I mean, when Sal and I started this show, Absolute Comics, yep. I, we were trying to get the highest quality human possible. So I would go to our studio and Dan would film us on the best camera. And Sal would do the same thing at his studio. Yeah. You know, he would do it yourself, but we, like, we did all that. And then we just started, let's just go home and do this at the house. Right. Like, because COVID's here. Why am I spending money for this? Ex- yeah, for the, for the same the setup same I'll have. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just how the industry is going. But just going back to what you're saying about not going to the offices and doing everything in a Zoom meeting, which is making everything hard to coordinate and go with, they need to figure out how to work under this environment. You're not yeah. getting them in the office anymore. That's why I'm actually excited about Donna DC, because it looks like it's Joshua Williamson and Tom Taylor just being like, we got this. Right. We're, we are going to dictate the comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even then, like, the. P- and Joshua Williams is like, you don't want to get on board? Fine. I'll write that too. Then I'll just take that book and write it myself. It's, yeah. That seems to be where he is at this point. But, like, he's, he's like, half not- a DC is Joshua Williams and a Tom Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, he's neither of them are editors. Neither of them are editors in chief or presidents or, or, or publishers. So, like, they could dictate the line by writing what's happening, but yeah. they also can't tell anyone what to do and they can't tell the hires up like they're not the hires up they have everything they do have to go through people and they have to be coordinated and they have to be approved they can't just say ladies and gentlemen this is the next year he can be part they can be part of it they're like they're like oh what's happening this year and i know that's the conversation where it's like what's happening this year (laughs) like literally what are we doing this year because they're they're writers they're just they're just part of the process so you know that 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 kind of that kind of leadership is necessary and it needs to be expressed and coordinated throughout the line. Everybody needs to like Marvel, especially like, especially after, after the fall of X and they probably get like a 35% drop off of readership when they go, Oh, the Krakoa era has officially ended. Everyone to go. I mean, the reality is, you don't write monthly superhero comics with jumping off points in mind. You yeah. you keep you 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 backload another jumping on point. You give them another, you know, it's like selling stocks, you know. You don't you don't take you don't take them take their money out. You know, you tell them a great, another great idea. Get them back in, give them your money and then put their po- put it from their pocket into your pocket. That yeah. that's how they build it and it's like they need to be able to coordinate and go, this is the line, ladies and gentlemen. This is the plan for the year and I don't care what the Twitterverse says because, according to Twitter, Spider-Man sucks. Yeah, it's but, still in uh, the top ten though. Uh, yeah, according to sales, Spider-Man has never been higher, or at least it ha- no, that's not true. But it hasn't been higher in recent years. It dwarfs the Nick Spencer run. Yep, and I mean people are buying it. Yeah. So like, the, you know, stop taking your P's and Q's from a social media platform and instead just look at your internal data, which you know, they have the, uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Cause Tavi wants to try and argue about this one too, but everyone loves to argue that John Kent is getting canceled. John Kent isn't selling well. John Kent's still in the top 50. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, John Kent is still selling very yeah. well. Like, no, uh, like, it's frustrating books, for people. If you're in the it's... top 50 out of an industry that has a, an average like 250 or 300 books a month, you're not doing poorly. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there was ever any hope of a Superman book breaking the top 10. 
Because yeah. that's dominated by Batman, Spider-Man, and whatever's going on in Justice League and Avengers. Right. That's, that's just what it dominates it. Yeah, exactly. Now, I could see people But just using of- the same example, people are using all their data off of other things, like going back to, oh, I heard they're closing down the offices. One guy says because they're bankrupt, so now the internet's like, whoa, DC's doing- Look! Look what's happening! Let's ignore the fact that COVID happened and everyone moved to Zoom. Let's right. ignore that. Right. <laughs> and, and you don't need people in the office. Like, you just don't. And, and unlike yeah. your job, and I don't mean you, I mean, like, re- viewers who work at an office, um, this is a creative field where it actually would be smart to not have people come in. You know, the egos are, ma- are just as massive as the ones in your office, but these folks are also like, I don't want to have to go sit because they're in Burbank. they got to get on the 405. They're going to have to drive three <laughs> miles. It's going to take an hour and a half to get there. Why would they bother? So, but anyway, I mean, that, that's kind of where we're at. I do want to state, like, we don't, we don't fully know the deep and inter- integral part of any company or what's going on. No. We're just going off of the data that we received. Now, exactly. does that mean that it's all going to be here in 10 years? I don't, want, I don't want to sit here and be like, you're all stupid. You fools. While yeah. I think that, at the same time, I have as much data as everyone else does. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, we're all working with the same information, but it's all about. Right. Like, it's just a, it depends on how you want to spin it. Right. Because you it can, is all you about can look at the, clo- the office is closing down and be like, oh my god, DC's in trouble. Or you could look at the office is closing down and go, or they're just t- catching up with the times and realize that all of the writers and everyone aren't there anyway. Right. Maybe <laughs> you should. Maybe you should take that as a sign that you could bring it to your bosses and coordinate with your local uh, co- employees and go, hey, um. We don't need to come into the office anymore. Look at all these other companies that are that are that are shutting down their offices and saving money and giving yeah. people time and comfort. Especially Ugh. in a company that is literally doing everything they can in their power to cut costs. I mean, this is the company that is merging Discovery Plus and Max. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, they're dropping the only thing that has any like cachet in the company's name. And just calling it. We don't something. want you to think we only make prestigious. Sh- we want you to know that we also make ninety day fiance. We make garbage too. Yeah, <laughs> we make trash. Don't don't think that our name is so pretentious that we don't want you to bu- spend your money on it. Trust me, we want your money. Uh, data in our in our chat here says working from home in my in your pajama pants is the new American dream. And I will state this is my work attire most days. Like- yeah, just the comfiest of pants. See, I have to go to the studio, so I have to put on pants lest I get pulled over. You don't, you don't but, have to put on pants. Well, again, I don't want to get caught. You, you, you could know? also come in your studio since you're the only one there. Just take them off of the door. That's Walk true. around in your boxers. That's true. I do have spare pants that I could put on <laughs> if I want. My studio pants. <laughs> I should do that. Anyway, it's all just a mini rant in the middle of that. Last yeah. topic we're going to talk about today is the return of Alpha Flight. Yippee. All right, cool. So that has been Absolute Comics today. Thanks a lot for watching. <laughs> I have nothing to add to Alpha Flight. That probably Good. is the end of this. Good for them. I hope it works out. Yeah. It, 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 I'll give them six issues. Ooh, let's take Not that I'm going to buy it. I'm just okay, saying. If they make I bet- it six issues, I will make this a fun bet. I don't want to do anything too crazy. No, it's like I will get a Sasquatch tattoo on my Yeah, cat. nothing like- too crazy. But we're, but we're going to San Diego most likely. So yes. we should. Okay, how about this? If Alpha because this will be at the August. So next year, San Diego. <laughs> next year's. If it goes six issues, I will buy you uh, a dinner. And okay. if it goes to 12 issues, at least. I'll owe you a dinner. Deal. Okay. okay. Works right, for me. Cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for watching today's Absolute Comics. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Give us five stars here on Spotify if you're watching. And we'll see you guys next time right here.